Tell me, though, what's his technique? That last strike, it seems invincible. Welcome to Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Iron Fist podcast. My name is Connor McKenna. And this is Carl Stone. And today we are talking about Marvel Premiere 17, Citadel on the Edge of Vengeance. Now, Which this again is a different title than the cover. Yes. And yeah, it's just Citadel of I, Vengeance on the cover. Well, let's break it all down. At the end of 16, it was just the Citadel. Yep. Then the cover is the Citadel of Vengeance, and then the first page screams, Citadel on the Edge of Vengeance. I wish they kept <laughs> going, because I just wanted to see it get longer and longer. See how they go from there. Like every third page, the title is longer. Yeah. <laughs> so, did, did you, I couldn't find anything that was happening this month in 74. Um... Okay, I'm going to have to blame you for this. Okay. Um, I had been going with the original issues, and then you kept commenting on how the coloring was so magnificent in the Masterworks. So I busted one of my Masterworks. Yes, I own quite a few. I think I own three. Wow. Uh, Well, at one point in time, I don't know if they would, like, found a pallet of them in a warehouse or something, but on eBay... They were selling the Masterworks for $20 shipped. Wow, that's awesome. So I actually bought, probably over a six-month period of time, I bought five copies. Do you have a variant copy? No, I don't have the green cover that goes for stupid money. I don't have that version. But I bought five copies. I gave one to a good friend. I gave another to my brother. And I'm pretty sure I'm still sitting on three, and I finally busted one open. And not only is the color... The coloring in general is ten times better. I actually think they tightened up some of the inking lines. Because hmm. there's there's a huge difference. There's a night and day difference. Yeah. And what's in the original, you know, 35-year-old faded comic book. And what's in these suckers? So let's talk about this cover. Yeah, what are your impressions? And does it look like it is used again to you? Well, I'm going to look now, because I... <laughs> look uh, at the team-up. It's in the... T- oh, because I still don't... I still haven't found a copy of that team-up. Oh, the Spider-Man Iron Fist team-up has Iron Fist busting through a door and Spider-Man swinging in over him, and Iron Fist is uh, almost yep. in the exact 100% same position as this cover. Yep, I, I just looked it up. For a few fists more. Well, you're right. It's a this cover though is good. I like it. Oh yeah, it's pretty to the point. Especially in the vibrant colors from the uh, the hardcover. It's very. Mm. It's would make a really good 3D image. It's got a good force perspective to it. Yeah, I gotta say I'm torn about this whole issue between black and white and masterworks. Uh, not masterworks, sorry, color. I should say mm. in the masterworks because they're both quite good. I think either one could work, really. 
Yeah, no, I mean that's that's lots. It's very straightforward, dynamic. You know, he's he's angry. And he's punching through steel, steel doors, doors, and these guys are freaking out. Uh, you've killed, you've plundered, and now you must pay. So, it's just leads to an action-packed issue. Kung Fu versus Cold Steel. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Referring to the handguns, I'm guessing. Well, he does punch a lot of steel in this book. True. Now, uh, this episode is going to be a bit different to our usual format. I guess... Yeah, just uh, this one. Just, just this is the only issue it will work for. So, if you hate it, then... It's the only time you have to put up with it. If you love it, well then, tough luck, I guess. Well, if you if you don't enjoy it, you can pretty much just skip 12 minutes ahead. And we'll be talking about the issue. Right. The plot recap well, is in the 12 minutes, though. Just be warned. But you can just skip 12 minutes ahead and look in your copy, if you have one, about what we're talking about. And it's a weird issue, because everyone has Australian accents. Well, most people. Yes. Except Iron Fist. It's odd. Anyway. Well, he might, he may be cast as an Aussie, so... Yes, let's hope. We'll take over <laughs> cinema. We're coming back. Maybe, maybe you can find where he lives and get an Honest to God interview. Mad Fist. It'll be good. Alright, so, let's start this thing we got going this week. You stand before the towering skyscraper, dwarfed by it in size, but not spirit. You have battled and defeated time, distance, assassins, the berserker called Scythe. And now you are ready to confront the man named Harold Meacham, the man who waits within the gleaming steel citadel before you, the man who murdered your father. The man who caused you to become Iron Fist. And the man whose projected death is the sole reason for your existence as Iron Fist. You have experienced the last ten years of your life in the fabled mystical city of Kun Lun. And your only knowledge of these Manhattan streets is crouched in the memories of a nine-year-old boy. Hey, Weeder, where do you think you're going? Yet you do not pause to contemplate the hectic majesty which surrounds you. You stalk onwards, swiftly, unflatteringly, until you reach your objective. The sky-piercing edifice housing the multi-million dollar corporation stolen from your father. The building now owned by Harold Meacham. You cross the crowded vestibule, oblivious to the gawking stares of those unversed in the customs and remnants of Kun Lun. What's he made up for? For even as you approach the elevator, your mind is obsessed with a single thought which displaces all others. Vengeance. The man from whom you will wrest it. And his location. But then as the elevator begins its methodical hum, your mind fills with other thoughts. Memories of a nightmare seen ten years past played against a bleak landscape of frigid waste. A bizarre tableau in which Father Wendell Rand scrabbles for the life hold on a bridge of frost. Finds that hole only to have it crushed from his grip. And then hurdles to his death. Dad! Before your shocked eyes. 
and before the smirking eyes of another, Harold Meacham's eyes. The memories part like the retracting elevator doors, and you find yourself facing a desolate corridor at whose silent end awaits a door and a camera. You perceive that your every move is being observed, and as you tentatively step forward, wicked pointed spikes punch from the walls to confirm your perception. You leap forward, shattering the brittle spikes before they converge upon you, and the termination of your leap activates a new threat. Pylon-mounted machine guns swiftly bloom from the tiled floors. You lunge forward under the blistering spray of spitting fire. A double smash silences two of the guns, while the third snaps free with a brutal wrench and shatters against the fourth weapon. You pause now in the vacuum of aftermath, collecting your expended strength. Then you see the stenciled sign. and welling rage contorts your grim face, you raise a section of the pylon to batter through the door, which abruptly swings open on silent hinges, seemingly of its own volition, to reveal not the private office of Harold Meacham, but a stairwell leading upwards. Upward, when the elevator directee had listed this floor as its highest. It is too easy, too much like another trap. You are wary and decide not to pass through the doorway before probing its potential danger. Recessed nozzles spurt corrusicating ribbons of destructive energy, which vaporizes the pylon. You inspect the door jam, and when you have determined the location of the electric eye, your forward smash punctures both the wall and the laser generator. You seize the guts of the mechanism and shred them, blinding the electronic eye. You have nullified the third trap. It is safe, then to mount the stairs to the fourth. But then you notice the camera, and then your ears detect a muffled click from the sixth stair. And you catapult your body, landing above, realizing that the fourth trap... had been the stairs themselves. You wipe the explosion's debris from your symbolic attire and proceed wondering how many more pitfalls await you. The businessmen ahead are incurious against the backdrop of the previous desolation and are strangely silent. And all too... Now! Professional. Snuff him! As one, they arc their weapons into rigid place. Before he has a chance to... Move! And snap off simultaneous roars of death. But all three bullets have streaked harmlessly below your leap. It was necessary to shatter the globular light fixture to attain a position from which you may shatter their faces with a forearm smash and a knee smash, respectively. The third assassin shrinks from your pantherish advance, unable to discharge his weapon. No, please, don't! Perhaps intimidated by your lightning display of action, or perhaps merely acting. As bait. To lure you into this new trap, the sprinkler system hisses to deadly life, releasing a spray of corrosive acid. You are drenched in searing pain. Your costume disintegrates as your skin erupts in sizzling blisters. 
and you decide that your only escape is the door. Even though, as you anticipated, that it would lead to still another trap, but you have been cautious, unpanicked by the downpour of acid, and you have checked yourself against the collision with the pavement far below. You raise yourself above the open doorway with agile, supple strength, and the sharp hiss of the sprinkler system below you is replaced by the rush of a blistery wind. As you scale the building's cold facade to the next floor, there you smash through a brittle sheet of glass to find yourself in a plush appointed living room. You almost smile at the term, but you do not have the capacity for sardonism, and so you pace forward alert to everything, even the peripheral flit of a dark form glimpsed only as liquid movement. But your alertness to one movement has been a distraction for another. And this movement plunges you into far more immediate peril. The trap door collapses to the side of the 20 floor shaft, and you hover in the ethereal grasp of a gaping abyss. Your hands stab out, and your fingers clutch the lip of the shaft. You hang suspended for a moment, teasing the death far below you, and once again you remember a similar scene enacted by your father. For God's sake, Meacham, pull me up! And by the man you have come here to slay. You haul yourself to safety, the vision of your father evaporated. By the slick sound of the rising wall panel and a different sound, a raging growl which scrapes at the fringe of savagery. <laughs> you swoop into a crouch towards the growl, and you see that it emits from a bristling form of a wolf, a lean wolf, whose ribs protrude in hunger. Your body is conditioned to ignore pain until the swift movement you inflict it. You cross to the private elevator, the elevator which will buoy you closer to your goal, the elevator you know to be another trap. The doors converge, sealing you in a chamber which quickly fills with gas, and the gas colors your mind in vivid hues of swirling vertigo. You try, but you are too weak to invoke the full power of the iron fist, and yet strong enough to cleave through the steel ceiling of this asphyxiating cubicle. You haul yourself through the ruptured floor of the ascending elevator, to see the floor of an identical elevator in rapid descent. The elevators will soon slam to a mutual crushing halt, and you will be between them if you do not clear your head and summon the inner strength necessary to fully command the power granted to you in the city of Kun Lung, the seething power of Iron Fist. The elevators meet. You are not between them. You rise and pace down the corridor to vengeance. The man ahead is either deaf or not what he seems to be. The handle of his mop, too, is not what it pretends to be. The man is silent while his face screams eloquent hate. You assume the pose of defense, and that attitude of defense is nowhere more effective than in your mind, which remains calm. Hiya! Throughout the pass, the swordsman did not even see your forward smash. Ah! Did not realize it could have been his last sight. It is over now, and soon to begin. You have reached the end of the final corridor. 
You face the last door, the final obstacle to vengeance. It is a flimsy obstacle, one you will take pleasure in removing. You tense yourself and wait, a sound, a glimpse of a dark blur again and a razor sharp edge star spinning towards you. No, towards the camera and the now blind laser mechanism it houses. The lust for his vengeance had shattered your caution and yet your life has been spared by a scarcely glimpsed savior who has now vanished along with your defeated foe. But you do not pause to contemplate the mystery. Your mind burns, instead, with the sight of your father pinwheeling to his death. And the calm in your mind scatters like the ripples of a violated pond as you smash through the door to reach Meacham! Where is he? Mr. Meacham conveys his apologies for not being able to greet you in person, Iron Fist, but he has paid me well to act in his behalf. To kill you! You realize now that you have entered the final trap. One designed specifically for you. By a man who can't even know you even exist. Next issue. The Lair of Triple Iron. So we hope you all enjoyed that little thing, that little story time, I guess. A little one-shot we did there. Yep, I enjoyed doing it, just making, just turning it into an Australian piece of art. <laughs> the funniest thing is, is that Connor is the one who does all the editing and stuff. I don't have any editing software. I downloaded a free app onto my iPhone and was trying desperately to read that entire comic book without screwing up in one shot. And after take number seven of screwing up and starting all the way fresh from the beginning again, because I was trying to make it smooth as possible, I literally gave up, and there's screw-ups he had to then go in and edit out. Because some of the words in here are just odd. One of them doesn't exist. That actually is it, does is not it exist. Only one? Well, I, it is only one that I spotted. I'll just see if I can find it again. I also found it odd on page. Coruscating. Oh. One, two. Okay, on the third page in the flashback, mm -hmm. Randall scrabbles for a life hold on the Bridge of Frost. He doesn't scramble, he scrabbles. He plays Scrabble. So he busts out a board game. <laughs> <laughs> and ultimately, his knowledge of the English language failed him, and that's why he died, I guess. Apparently. Because Meacham won, and Danny's just jealous. Meacham caught him cheating. Yep. Stomped on his hand. How good's that first page with Meacham's head at the back of his building? It's the giant foreboding laughing head. Yeah, I really like that. It, I mean, it's sort of, sort of silly, but it's great. It looks really good. The most interesting part is that's not what he looks like now. No, it's not, but Iron Fist hasn't seen him now. It's just his memories. True. And he, I, I can't recall him laughing maniacally, but he probably remembers it like that, so... Right. And I wouldn't be surprised either way. So, yeah, I, so, I thought... Oh, continue. Well, we start off with the, with the uh, you know, the cityscape, him walking into the building, going into the elevator, as you heard in, the, in our recap, straight to a flashback where there's Scrabble, and then it really goes into, like... Crazy. Almost like an American 70s kung fu version of the game of death. Yeah. I like how even in the 70s, they think his outfit is really crazy. 
<laughs> so it's not it's not just the it's not just you young kids who pay out oh, slippers, but even the seventies thought it was crazy. So if he had a gold medallion, though, no one would look twice at him. That's true. That's why he teamed out with Luke Cage so he'd fit in. Tight fro in a freaking tight blonde fro in oh. a gold medallion. It could have gone that way, but. <laughs> It actually does for a while in oh, uh, no. Power Man and Iron Fist. God, I'm 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 really looking forward to it. At the same time, dreading reaching Power Man and Iron Fist. Oh, there's some interesting stuff there. Yeah. So yeah, there's spikes, machine guns. Just Iron Fist is consistently pissed off, which is great. I love oh, yeah. his pissed he's, off face. There's a whole lot of angry in this issue. And it's awesome. It's all good when he's uh, raising the lead pipe, and the rage contorts his face. He's yeah, he punches through a lot of doors in this. Yep. And the exploding but, stairs. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, it's a little odd. It's just... I, I mean, I sort of get the guns and the knives, but the exploding stairs is just... This is turning into... There's this Daredevil story. I don't know if you've read it. And he gets lured to this house. And this house makes this issue look like a grounded, realistic comic. Because that house that Daredevil sneaks into, every single thing is a trap. The floor he walks on is a trap. I can't remember what issue it is. I'll try find it, though, because I think our listeners, and you should definitely read it if you want more insanity in this vein, because it's <laughs> one of the most absurd things I've ever read. And the follow-up issue has a picture of him kicking a little girl down an elevator shaft, so... Oh, nice. In his blind lawyer attire as well. Well, I also found it interesting that in the issue itself, where we are, we mm. have great guest appearance of the Mystery Ninja. There will be more on the Mystery Ninja, but in this issue, we get like two panels of him just popping up. The first pop up, I don't even know why he's there. He doesn't do anything yeah. other than look, it's a ninja. And the the second time he pops up, he actually does something. They brought in the wolves. Yeah, which the wolves caused the kind of flashbackish. A bit on the nose, it, but I guess it's just a coincidence. But the funniest part was, it that didn't cause a flashback. You're right, it didn't. Nope. He just dispatches the wolf. He he kills it, I'm pretty sure, right? Like he just gives it a knife hand to the neck, and it just sort of lies there. <laughs> well, it looks like he karate chops its throat straight out. Yeah. Oh, I found that issue. Daredevil 208, The Deadliest Night of My Life. Definitely check it out. It's very... You'll, you'll see what I mean by House of Traps when you read it. But, yeah, anyway, back to this. Yeah, the wolf. I like the wolf. I mean, it could be in a lion, but I like the fact that he just starved this animal <laughs> for ages. For, what, for 10 years? I don't know. I guess he knew when he was coming out, though. Which, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about all the how he knew stuff next issue, because there's no point talking about it now. Right, my next question, I didn't have a chance to research it, yeah. Is is Kirshner a jab at somebody or, uh, you know, because for no reason whatsoever, the elevator that's about to crush him has Kirshner elevator works on a sign on it. I, There's no reason for that to be there at all. I have no idea. I guess... Because I don't see it listed in any of the issues we've covered so far as like the writers or artists or inkers or nothing. I'll definitely look into it after we do this. Because yeah, I am interested now. Oh, we didn't... Acid sprinklers, right? How does yeah, that... We got acid sprinklers. Uh, doors to nowhere. Yes, because when you build a skyscraper, you have a brown wooden door on the 22nd floor. <laughs> or 21st floor of your 24... 24 building. 
I'm going to assume that this building is restricted, right? Because, I mean, anyone could get an elevator up to where he got it, and if they went in there, would have just been killed immediately. <laughs> How... How many bodies of, like, potential employees are there lying around? So he uh, shears through the elevator without the power of the Iron Fist. Yep. Just That's just him. Training. Yeah, just him cutting through the elevator. So a lot of people say Shang-Chi's better because Iron Fist relies on magic. Well, look at this. He's cutting through an elevator with his bare hand with no magic powers or anything. So, yeah. I like the... I really like the panel where he gets gassed. Well, he doesn't get gassed, but, like, they try to gas him. Very the psychedelic. Yeah, it's groovy. And I love him bursting out of the elevator, which is actually from the cover, him bursting out of that elevator. Yep. But there's no guys with guns waiting for him, and he's not talking. Nope. But still, it's the most accurate cover we've gotten so far. Yes. And then there's the Samurai evil janitor, janitor. Which, did you ever play Sang the... Did you ever play the fighting fantasy books? Like, pre-D&D sort of stuff. And it just reminds me, you know, choose your adventure. You turn a corner and there's an innocent-looking janitor there. And then he turns around screaming, rolls skill to dodge. <laughs> it just it, just the way it's drawn even just brings me flashbacks to Death Trap Dungeon. I do like the fight. Well, it's, it's does he kill him? It's very traditional with the... I don't think he actually does because the body on the next page disappears. That was weird. But I do like the traditional single pass as yes. both samurai fights actually were. Mm. The whole drawn-out five-minute sword battle is, is total BS that you see in all these films and TV. And for the most part, it was literally... Most samurai sword battles were literally in duels anyways. One pass. I remember and watching... Yojimbo, and that was pretty much it. He just... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then, he managed to dodge the sword and crack the guy across the skull, which drops him like a rock. Yeah. And there's blood coming out, which is sort of why I thought he might have killed him, but... Uh, he's got one door left, and the ninja shows up! And saves him from the... Smurf, yeah, he's a blue ninja. Yeah, actually, I guess he's shadowy. He's in the shadows. But he saves him from the camera, which yes. is a laser gun, as they are. And then he has the one door left, which mm. again, not using the iron fist, using just his skill, totally yeah. destroys the door. And then he comes across uh, Kirby's lost love child. <laughs> yes, it is somewhat, the villain is somewhat Kirby-esque slash machine man, which I think was actually drawn by Kirby. Okay. Because his first appearance was in the 2001 comic. Hmm. With pretty much, uh, like, old-school kickboxing headgear on. Yeah. And he's holding the triple staff, or the triple nunchucks, as some people call them. Hmm. It feels very out of place, even for this Oh, yeah, insanity. the entire room. Just turns entire... into Kirby all of a sudden, when it is, yeah. In the middle of nowhere, we're, we're presented with, like, a techno... Aztec room, all in gold. He's in even in like an Aztec style throne, mm. sitting there in his purple and red outfit with all this cables for no purpose whatsoever, saying basically, you know, I've been hired to kill you. I think out of Danny's whole origin, so up to confronting Meacham and stuff, this guy is the weakest part of it. He fits in <laughs> the least, and if you're ever going to tell a recap of his origin, you just want to leave this guy out. <laughs> Yeah. He just doesn't fit in. 
and doesn't really have a purpose except for a cool fight. He only lasts a few pages as well. Oh, actually, if, he lasts a bit longer than most people at this point, except maybe Captain Joker, but <laughs> there was a lot of flashbacks in that issue, so that's cheating. Yes, but the flashbacks are for somebody else. Hmm. So the body disappears and the ninja disappears. Did the ninja take the body? Don't know. Is it like the hand where the body just dissolved? Although this is before the hand, so... Yeah, uh, the... I don't think they ever explain the samurai missing. I don't think that's ever touched upon again. That's cool, I guess. I, I I guess the way I took it is the ninja took him. Otherwise, I think he would have taken his sword, because you see the sword and the mop just sitting there. Mm-hmm. So maybe the ninja took him for some weird stuff. Uh, gets pretty weird, if I recall. So. And of course, the next issue is titled The Lair of Triple Iron. Yep. Of course, when it's on the cover and when it's on the inside of the next issue, we'll just have to wait till next time. Yes. I'll have to just hold off because I want to go into it. But... <laughs> Don't do it! Fight the urge, Connor! Fight the urge! Yeah, I'll, I'll fight it. Uh, what did you think of the issue? I quite liked it. I enjoyed the issue. It was definitely interesting. Again, whole lot of words, which is great because unlike you know the image comics and the stuff that's out today... You know, you're invested in this. If you if you slowly read it and take your time. I mean, it took me 12 minutes of, like, almost speed reading for our little fun thing we did there. And it's an action-paced comic, yet it still has more words than, oh, yeah, the, definitely. than non-action there's, there's, comics of today. There's action every single page. Pretty much every other panel, there's something going on. Yeah. There's there's a lot of the second person in a monologue, which is good, which is the bulk of the issue in right. terms of dialogue. Really, it was a spectacle. It was very entertaining. It was over the top, even in comparison to the previous issues. But it was definitely entertaining. Just this game of death style, tall skyscraper full of challenges. Uh, the only letdown for me was again uh, the Kirby stuff at the end with the ridiculous guy. But other than that, I thought it was a pretty strong issue. I'm not going to say it's weaker than the other two issues, even though the other two are you know, better, but it's just, it's different. It's not supposed to be. It's a change of pace. Oh, most certainly it's it, different. You know, it's the, going to Endgame now. And by it being that different, it allowed us to do what we did with this issue. Yeah. literally, we're not going to be able to do that ever again. Yeah, never it's again. It's never going to happen again. Unless a new Iron Fist stuff comes out. and Right. But... And that'll be three to four years before we get to that. <laughs> uh, it'll be... <laughs> It might even be, you know, more than that till it comes out. <laughs> True. Uh, now, my question for you is, last time you teased that we actually got fan mail. Yes, we got one email about episode one. Uh, I'll read that out. So, we got an email from Kevin Swanson, who sounds like a criminal. Uh, the name is just <laughs> a bit too clean for me. But uh, he just says, hey guys, good job on the first episode. Looking forward to more episodes. I will... I was following along in my book as you discussed. Gives me a good reason to go over the issues again. Now you just need to spread the word. Find some relevant Marvel forums to post in. Some 4chan threads maybe make a post on the Marvel Heroes forum. Thanks for the email, Kevin. I don't think I'll spread the word to those places right now. I mean, I haven't even gotten up on iTunes yet. I want to do that first. But I should... Yeah, we should spread the word a bit more because... More mail would be nice. Uh, thanks for the email. This is the guy who gave me the picture that Bob Hall drew for him at that uh, con yes. of uh, Doctor Strange and Iron Fist. It's on our page 
which yep. I'll get to in a second, but it's really cool. Yeah, Kevin is another big Iron Fist fan, possibly even bigger than me. Who's, who knows, because uh, he's actually got an Iron Fist costume set up for you soon. So he should send us pictures of that, actually, and we'll put it on the page. i got to find pictures of me in my Iron Fist costume. Uh-oh. The scariest part is when I was in my Iron Fist costume, Connor. I don't know if you were born yet. That's not too scary. You know I'm actually a lot older than 23, right? I'm more like 600. <laughs> okay. Yep. And I was born in an egg as well. So, there's that. Mm. Mm. From the planet Orc? <laughs> no. <laughs> From a volcano. So, yeah, that's the issue. That's the fan mail. Hey, one email's better than none. Yes. Thanks, thanks again for the email, Kevin. Is, is there anything else you want to say about this issue? It's a lot of fun. If you don't... If you haven't read it, I'm sure if you did a hard enough search online you could probably find some place that has it scanned out for you to read. Um, the only reason why I say that is because of the impending Netflix series. These first issues are shooting up in price. Um, the, the Masterworks is a way to go, and I believe they just released almost like an essential soft cover. Did they? Of these exact issues that appear in the uh, hardcover, okay. it's uh, it's exactly like the Power Man and Iron Fist one you just picked up, Connor. Which was really overpriced, I might add, but I could find the retail like forty dollars. Oh, look, I won't. Or at least it's it's forty American. Who knows what it is down by you? Oof. Let's just say it was in the sixties. Oof. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, I I, I, I got it though because I. I could have shipped you one for less. Uh, people people up here are selling them for 20 Well, American. I didn't know how common they were because I've been trying to hunt Colored Power Man and Iron Fist that isn't the original back issues for a long time, and that I saw that and I'm like, look, I have to get it because we'll be covering that at some point and I don't have a copy of any Power Man and Iron Fist. So, I, yeah, but I was... This, this goes for anybody listening. If you're looking to pick up trade paperbacks or hardcovers of collected issues. You need to go to instocktrades.com. They pretty much sell everything and anything, and they usually start at 25% off and sometimes go as low as 70% off when they blow stuff out on clearance. Mm. And I don't know about shipping it to Australia, but in the United States, I think if you order more than $60 worth of stuff, they ship it for free. Awesome. And they also don't charge you any tax. Yeah. Actually, yeah, we, we should probably start mentioning where you can pick these things up. So, obviously, you mentioned the Masterworks. There's also the Essentials, which is out of print, I think. But Yes, can... and they're actually gaining in price also. I thought the Essential that actually has these issues we're talking about seems to be going for about $50 right now on eBay used. I, I picked up a used one off Amazon for, I think, about 25 American. Mm-hmm. Plus some shipping, but if you're in America, Amazon might be a good bet if the prices haven't gone up since then. I bought that uh, a few months ago, and I I definitely recommend it because the black and white is quite nice, as I've mentioned numerous times, <laughs> and will continue to mention after this issue. <laughs> the other the other thing that's interesting about these first like ten issues is that they appeared in several different languages, and in that what they also did is they tweaked them out. Because this is a color book, and uh, since they weren't in color in these other places, they put in the uh, 
the different pigments and uh, I really forget I forget the art, art term for it, but it's all the little tiny dots to signify shading. Yeah. And it's almost like looking at a different story, even though it's the same outlines. What they did to highlight colors and changes in shading is really quite interesting. And it's not the same. It's like the Italian version is not the same as what appeared in like the UK weekly comic that was only published in eight pages at a time. Hmm. They're all tweaked slightly different. Hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Um, we, oh, oops, uh, we didn't mention, uh, th- this issue had another new writer, again. Doug, Doug Monk, oh, I can't pronounce that, sorry. You're failing me everywhere. I'm sorry. Larry Harmer was the artist, uh, Dick Giordano was the inker again, uh, letterer is Artie Simic, and P. Goldberg is the colorist, and Roy Thomas was still the editor. Uh, maybe you can pronounce the writer, Carl, uh... I'm going to go with Doug Moench. All right. And I think this is the only issue he writes as well. I'll just double-check. Oh, no, he uh, does the next one as well. Okay, so we have some consistency in this two-parter. Yeah, so contact us. Yes, we made this podcast to talk to people, talk to other Iron Fist fans, so feel free to reach out to us. You can find us at our Facebook page, Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Iron Fist podcast. Make sure after you type in Sons of the Dragon, you at least type in podcast as well because there is more than one page. Well, there's a bunch of groups, I think, Sons of the Dragon. Uh, We are also on Twitter at Iron Fist Podcast or on YouTube. If you just type in Iron Fist Podcast at YouTube, you'll find us. Mm -hmm. There's our WordPress, which is a mouthful. And I can't change it, I apologize. <laughs> it's Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Iron Fist Podcast, dot wordpress.com. And there is our SoundCloud, which you can find through the WordPress. Otherwise, it is just. I'll get it up right now. SoundCloud.com forward slash Sons of the Dragon with hyphens for spaces between each word. And yes, we are not on iTunes yet. That is a work in progress. I am working on it. It's difficult, this RSS feed stuff, but hopefully we'll be on iTunes soon. But yeah, feel free to... Uh, take over the world. Yes. But uh, yeah, definitely follow, subscribe to us, whatever, so you can see when we're actually putting out new episodes, and feel free to contact us. Uh, contact us at any of those pages is fine. Gmail is obviously more direct, but we will see any other... We'll see if you tweet us or go on our Facebook page. We see everything. Everything. So, <laughs> Yes. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. Yes. So, next week, The Lair of Triple Iron. Title may change halfway through the podcast, but until then, may your fists be things of iron. Don't trust the floor in front of you. There's traps everywhere. Stairs explode. Yes. So, peace. Adios. Adios.